Live from Columbus, it's the Zone of Truth. This week on the show, after episode 119's disastrous seltzer review, Griff and I sample hard water beverage, funny water, to lighten the mood. We also take another go at classic segment, it's also, god damn it, it's always spooky and galarian, and of course answers some listener questions. I'm your host Steve in the studio, throw Jim and my co-host Griffin, roll a will save, you're in the Zone of Truth. And we're live. All right, yeah. let's get it out of our systems. I we're fucked live. up the intro. Yeah, Chad, you did. Get it out of your system. <laughs> Griff, you could say it, you could say it now. You goofed. All right. I don't see anybody else typing, so we're done talking about that. Yeah. We don't need to call any more attention to it. <laughs> hey Griff, how you doing? Doing all right. Cool. What you been up to, man? Uh got married, went on my honeymoon, mm-hmm. the usual. Since last time, I think. It's been a pretty busy month since yeah, the last time we recorded month. one of these it was really hard for me to narrow down the what have you been up to thing because i've done some traveling myself we've seen concerts mm-hmm. went to a work event of mine last night that we're yeah, not going to talk really, about so you really, don't dox me really just really just brought the crew to your work event <laughs> big mistake <laughs> you just guys pre-gamed pretty hard <laughs> you just <think. laughs> but it was a fun time you guys got to meet my boss Yep, you just steak. <laughs> well, I, I let off with "This is my boss." And like that. <laughs> just let you know. And then I went. I'm gonna go get another beer. <laughs> talk to somebody else. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, okay. Well, that all aside, what you been up to, man? I, we talked a little bit about Wenig and stuff on Bestow Curse mm-hmm. that just released. Mm-hmm. What else is going on? I don't know. It really, this really feels like a Monday for me. It's like being back to work. You know what I mean. <laughs> Having to record this show? Yeah, having to record. It's like, oh, yeah, it's sure. the other work. It's the other work I have to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. So huh. I, already, I already had my first week back to work. Great energy you're bringing today, man. I know. <laughs> I know. My body is. Full of it. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't really been up to that much. Sure. Yeah, we did the concert, but otherwise we had to turn around a bestow curse really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to do that. But that was a good episode. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to like record those every week now, which will, I mean, it'll be good to play some Pathfinder again. That's true. We were in a, it's been, it's been a while. I, I'm excited now. to get back into rain of winter. Honestly, oh, we haven't sure. played that in like three months. Yeah. It's been a really long time. I think we're playing that next week. So very much so excited. <laughs> Level five. Good times. Yeah. Starting to come online a little bit. We got the Brewfest coming up. Brewfest coming up. If you don't have your tickets, we didn't really announce it, but. Well, hey, we Kenneth, are hey, now. Kenneth Brewfest the is, HOP uh, will be at the 2023 October. Kenneth Square Brewfest taking place October 7th. See you there. <laughs> See you there. <laughs> but for real, though, we are going like we do every year. So if you're in the area or want to travel to the area to come drink beers with us all day, I'll forget I did this and shout it out again at the end of the episode. But it's always a fun time. There have been plenty of folks who have come out in the past and spent time with us. And um, I think they would vouch for it being a decent time. So yeah, check it out. (laughs) Let's see here. I've been kind of busy last month or so, basically coinciding with your all honeymoon. I went on a little like 10 day odyssey where I visited my folks in Chicago, had a couple family parties to see as many people as I could, then had to fly down to Orlando for work, which was a 
not the worst conference I've ever been to. It was, a, it was a good time, but then I was back in Chicago for a little bit, got back here. Like you said, we recorded Little Bestow Curse, and then on Thursday, we went to go see Anushkari live, which was a blast. Hadn't seen them since before COVID. Since then, they've come out with two new records, both of which I really like. They were playing a ton of new music that I hadn't seen them do live before, so that was a real treat. Besides that, though, I wanted to double click a little bit into uh, Gallowspire Survivors because this is a Paizo game that really scratches a, an itch of mine. I'm a huge, huge fan of like a roguelite type game, like a Hades. And I mentioned this before when we were talking about Gallowspire a little while ago, but this game came out. It is a roguelite survivor game in Pathfinder. You are in Gallowspire where you are fighting against hordes of the undead. It's kind of like bullet hell. Right now, it's an early access on the Steam store. It's like 10 bucks or less, but you can play as a fighter, rogue, or wizard, and they don't behave in the ways that you are used to, if you're familiar with Pathfinder. It plays a lot more like a Hades, but a lot more similar to Vampire Survivors, where you're really just kind of guiding your character around the screen and they auto attack things around them. It's a lot of fun. It's pretty engaging. I just like let hours melt away. I'm probably like 12 hours deep into it, but it looks great. It's got like a, a simple but smooth art style in a 2.5D isometric view, kind of like a Hades or a Vampire Survivors, but it's badass. I think it's a great value for the like sub 10 bucks that it is. It's an odd fit in the Pathfinder catalog. It's not a Kingmaker or a Wrath of the Righteous, which is basically like the thing. It plays extremely different, but I'm really, really glad it exists. And, you know, it's probably not the best example of a roguelite out there in the world, but at the price, the value is fabulous. So it's not often that we actually show for Paizo stuff, but this one I will. I really, really like it. So hmm. you, you haven't had a chance to play around with nah, it, have I kind of hate roguelites. Oh, okay. Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> not my style. I'll mm -hmm. definitely play the like Diablo-esque one that's coming out later. Ooh. The one that's based off of Abomination Vaults, I think. Oh, I haven't heard about this at you all. You didn't hear about this? was the first no. one that was announced. No. Yeah, this I, one was announced before Gallowspire Survival. They're doing like the action RPG style, um, like a Diablo or a Path of Exile or whatever. Dope. But like running through essentially it's supposed to be like to do with abomination vaults i don't know okay. if it's like, i highly doubt it's going to be very true to the ap like kingmaker and wrath of the righteous were well we'll have to circle back on that man because i'm very interested in that as well that sounds great yeah yeah see when you ask like i don't have anything new to say because i've sunk like 200 hours into cassette piece <laughs> I'm still playing, like, the, the DLC is coming out October 4th, and I'm like, cool, I'll just keep grinding until that comes out. Gotta be ready. I gotta be ready. Yeah. All right, man, well, uh, how about we light this mood up? Just come on, man. Ready to party. <laughs> These better be better than uh, dad water, at least. We'll see. All right, funny water variety pack. Here's the copy from the website. We're sorry it's come to this. Funny water is alcoholic water. Yep, you read that right. Alcoholic water. This light, refreshing beverage has no carbonation and a lower ABV of 3.75% so that you can remember the nights you'll never forget. 
Think of it as the responsible way to behave irresponsibly. Like I said, 3.75% ABV, so it's a little on the lower side, but not terribly lower than a dude, regular that's, light that's, beer. That's pretty fucking low, dude. Yeah, but like a light beer is somewhere in like the four to five, so it's not. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. It's, 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 low, it's like low. a percent lower. It is. It's low. <laughs> There's um, only 4% in a light <laughs> beer, and it's a percent lower. <laughs> And there's no sugar in this thing whatsoever. Only 80 calories, which you'd expect it being water. You could give your kids this, probably. Uh, <laughs> let's the, not champion the, that. In the Middle Ages, they would have. In the, yes. Hey, maybe at the Ren Fair tomorrow. <laughs> Hand these out to some kids. Hand these out to no. some kids, yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, we have three flavors here. Blueberry, acai, ginger lemon and jalapeno lime dude jalapeno, come on and we're closed in with jalapeno why, lime why had spice great question Ugh. i think this is going to be a little rough but at least it is not funded by the alt-right so how will we rate as these far as, we know. <laughs> as far as we know as far as we know we're going to do the uh 2023 comedy scale by box office performance so far this year so this is the fifth to the top in I guess reverse order because we're on a five like star. So, so scale. one is the worst box or the fifth box office. Yeah. Fifth <laughs> highest. Sense. Okay. All right. So one, the fifth highest box office comedy of the year is eighty for Brady. Two is which would be the fourth. No hard feelings. Three is a man called Otto. Four is Haunted Mansion, and five is Barbie. Wow, there really haven't been any comedies of Haunted Mansion's second. Haunted Mansion, which definitively bombed. Like, completely flopped. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do you have the rankings? Like, yeah, how far it's ahead so is funny. Barbie? It's a factor of 10. I, I remember oh that. <laughs> I'm not sure if this included international, because I thought Barbie broke a billion. So, but I saw it was, Barbie was somewhere in like the 600 millions, and Haunted Mansion was like 60. So it truly was a decimal Oof. point off. Wow. All wow. Right. And then 80 for Brady. <laughs> 80 for Brady getting 10 mil. Yeah. Not too hot. Comedy is not looking good this year. No. Nobody, nobody, wants, no. to be, nobody wants to be funny water anymore. Well, let's see here. The slogan that was on the box, which is also on the can, is really good. It's, we brought water to the party. How about we crack into this first one, Griff? Sure. Ginger lemon. All right. So I'm going to read these because I have them on my screen today. Ginger lemon, known for being the zest of the bunch. That's kind of funny. This refreshing balance of natural flavors results in aromatic drinking experience that is never overpowering. Here we go. Hey, Steve, can you just do us a quick favor and yeah. just state those ratings again? Ah, yes. One is 80 for Brady. Two is no hard feelings. Three is a man called Otto. Four is Haunted Mansion. Five is Barbie. Thanks. All right. So, Griff, you took a sip. I'm going to take one. If you want to go ahead and get started on your review. It's just... Uh, <laughs> huh. Huh. It's like somebody left it, like, half-steeped a tea bag and then let it go cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But without uh, the I tea mean, flavor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, just like a, the it's extra the ginger. stuff. Yeah. It's the ginger, I think. That I, the, it's really ginger-forward. Mm. Uh, it's like surprisingly ginger forward. Like it's like sushi ginger in flavor. Yeah. Um, which honestly, this might like cleanse your palate. I would say you could improve this by getting rid of the lemon. If it's just like a yeah ginger, I think that's a little cleaner. Yeah, I don't know. Because this is... Uh, I feel like I would like it with bad. fizz because I like ginger beer. This would be 20 times better. This would be... Or I'll say 10 times. This is the... 
difference between the Haunted Mansion and Barbie's box office yeah, here yeah. if you added carbonation. Yeah, that's really strange. I didn't think I'd dislike the lack of carbonation as much as I do, but mm. at least it's cold. So that's not exactly a commentary on the seltzer itself. No. But I think I'm going no hard feelings. I'm, with this. I'm 100% in lockstep with you there. No hard feelings, two out of five. Uh, this is unfortunate. All right. Really needed a win today, Steve. <laughs> I'm going to be straight up with you. This next flavor is maybe our only chance of having a win. Yeah. Blueberry blue acai. That is promising. When having a case of the blues is actually a good thing. This tropical sensation blends the mildly sweet taste of ripe blueberries with tart acai for a smooth sip with a light berry flavor. Okay. It's like... Hmm. It's like natural blueberry in the sense that it's like... It's not as sweet as the artificial thing. Yeah. I think it would be a stretch to say that I like this, but I also don't dislike this. This is the neither agree nor disagree on uh, like Scantron tests here. Yeah, this is me. the um, God. It's like you dripped like two drips of the Mio Acai yeah. uh, flavor into a can of water. One hundred percent. Like two drips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going a three out of five. A man called Otto. This is not as bad as the ginger. To call this good is definitely an overstatement, but I could definitely drink this. Yeah. yeah I think I th this is doable. I think I'm pretty much right there with you. It's definitely better than the previous one. Yeah. But this one's going to hurt. Yeah. I think. Jalapeno lime. Although if it's as faint as the other flavors, at least it won't be spicy. <laughs> well, we'll see here because the copy suggests otherwise. If you can't take the heat, stay out of the fridge. This fiery favorite brings aromas of mild pepper spice and fresh lime juice for a light drinking experience with a spicy kick. Brings aromas, not flavors. Yep, <laughs> Just aroma. brings aromas of those <laughs> things. Oh, wow. Oh, the smell on that the is smell. something Ooh. else. Is it mild? Oh, fuck this. That's that's like, oh, uh, that's so Oof. that's so vegetable. Youch. Like, ah, uh, that is if you open a can of water and squeezed a jalapeno over it. Yep. <laughs> and it's just jalapeno juice and water. There's no lime, really. The lime's not carrying no. anything. Boy, and that jalapeno spice just really sits in the back of your throat, don't it? Uh, oh, that sucks. Hmm. Oh, gosh. Oof. Oh, it's like all seeds. All seeds? Yeah, it tastes like, se it tastes like the jalapeno seeds. I don't understand why these beverage companies insist that people want spicy drinks. Like, we've seen this. I think one of the seshes was spicy. We've seen this a couple different times. Well, just last night, one of those shooters was the mango chili. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, poof. Just give me something sweet. Or I'll drink straight whiskey if I want, like, burn. I don't know. <laughs> if I wanted spicy, I'd drink rye yeah. instead of drinking 3% water. 3.75. Not undercut. Oh, yeah, it's not undercut. <laughs> Gotta give it everything it's got. Oh, boy. I think I would really struggle to give this anything higher than an 80 for Brady, a yeah. 1 out of 5. Yeah, this, this is sucks. Uh, This is a tough one. I will be drinking this third in a row here. I don't know, because I don't know if I want to let it get warm. Oh, that's a... Good point, unfortunately. Yeah. So, big fail, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... You uh, get your little final final verdict copy? You wanna, yeah, yeah. Is Funny Water a gut buster or just a light chuckle? What do you think, Griff? <laughs> I, I'd say it's uh, 
comedian bombing. Yeah, this is like going to a, a canceled comedian's show and people are laughing and you're like, oh, I really wish yeah, you weren't. This, this is a real Louis right. C.K. show yeah. right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty fair. But he's not involved with this seltzer pack as we know. As far as we know. As far as we know. Although, Happy Dad happened last week, so who knows? You, you researched this one a little. I think, yes, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. It was made by somebody who uh, like promotes Bonnaroo or something. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And I'm not going to go into the history, but yeah. Do they also have a podcast, Steve? God, I hope not. God damn it. Yeah, this is a really rough pack. Don't check out Funny Water. But hey, there are three more flavors. So if I see them at the grocery store. Wait, there's three other flavors? Yeah. No. These are the ones you picked? Well, I saw online that there were three other flavors. I only saw one at the grocery store. Oh, okay. All right. The three other flavors don't sound as crazy, if I remember correctly. But, yeah. How about we get into the meat of the episode? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. So (laughs) this is the segment that was voted on by our patrons. It's always Spooky and Galarian. So I think it's been since the 84th installment of the Zone of Truth that we have done this segment. So it's been a little while. So in this segment, as a refresher, Griff and I will both take turns presenting hooks for horror-themed adventures based in the world we love to play in. It's truly always Spooky and Galarian. And we're updating this. So with the transition of Skull and Shackles on the main feed, this segment can now include some pirate theme stories if we want to go in that direction. I did not elect to yet. I stuck with my horror roots. But if you would like to, Griff, that option was on the table. And going forward, it will continue to be on the uh, on the table. Would you like to go first or second? I can go first. Go for it. So my concept, I did kind of take it not like fully piratey, but... Mm-hmm. There's a really interesting spot in the Arcadian Ocean that acts as like a spout between like the bottom of the Arcadian Ocean and the top of the Sightless Sea in Orv. And I thought that would be like a really cool kind of like the descent or like journey to the center of the earth or something, but like nautical themed Uh because you obviously would need you need some way of like the sightless sea you can sail on it it's just underground it's basically an ocean in like the center of the yeah. planet right so, close to so you'd need to like traverse this like spout that connects them and apparently there's so there's like one way to get in there from the arcadian ocean and then there's another like lake i believe in the mwangi that it comes back up through ooh so like there's a wheel like a full current kind like, of? Yeah, there's a way you can get like back up and okay. a way you can get down. So it reminds me of kind of like, again, this is a One Piece reference, so you won't really get it. Mm-hmm. But like there's like the Skypea arc in One Piece, which is going the other way. Okay. Where there's this whole ocean on the clouds, but you have to get up there and you, you know, some people like try and get up there with like modifying their ships to make them fly or whatever. <laughs> but like, I think... Uh, in one piece, they ended up like taking like a, a water spout, like a tornado type thing okay. like, while it was storming and getting up there. So it's like that, but in reverse. And like the Sightless Sea would be great for nautical horror because it's like you have your all Golthus, you have you have these things called faceless whales that I read what? about that are like they're CR 15 whales. Okay. That like are preyed upon in the sightless sea. So there's like other shit that's like more dangerous than them in the sightless sea. But like there are these whales that have, because of like lack of sunlight and stuff, have like completely translucent skin. So you can see like all their organs and stuff. 
and you have all kinds of stuff in the sightless sea so i think you could do something about like the journey down and like the horror of being down there you could also just as easily kind of like on the way up like pick something up like a dark passenger type thing like the voyage of the demeter or whatever which we still got to see yeah we do got to see that where they had like dracula attack their ship uh-huh you kind of go either way with that and I think it's a really nice segue into the Darklands if you want to do Darklands content. Like, I feel like all of the Darklands are a little conducive to horror because it's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, any scary dark cave story or whatever. There's like a lot of denizens down there that work well for horror. But I think specifically the Sightless Sea is cool just because you can have like that nautical piece and it's actually like possible to get to. Like, it's Mm -hmm. it's not a setting that you necessarily have to suspend your disbelief that like, okay, your party's on the sightless sea. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if you can get to the Arcadian Ocean, which is right next to the shackles, then you can get to the sightless sea. I like this premise in that it feels like it's two books of an adventure path. Cause you see that this in a lot of adventure paths, right? Where you have like a book that takes place in a setting and then you finish the book and there's a sharp change in locale and some of the the pathfinder ap's do this where they actually just like take a one book diversion into the Darklands. so this could be like the pirate adventure where you're up on, on the ocean you go down into the Darklands for a book you come back up into this mwangi lake for, yeah. for whatever's next yeah i mean it's uh it's cool because like it's the main way that algolthus like travel from the surface to the Darklands and back and so like you could have a plot where like your ship gets sunk and they just take you uh-huh. to like experiment on you or whatever. So you could work that angle of it too. Uh, you I, could like wash up on an island in the sightless sea, which would sure. be terrifying. I've been slowly chipping away at reading through Ruins of Aslans, and the back matter in either the first or the second book has like a big gazetteer on the Golthus and their history and what their goals are and the types of creatures they've created way more fascinating than I thought. They're really cool, really interesting. Yeah. Very evil. Yeah, very evil. Mm-hmm. So that's my pitch. Nice. All right, well then I can go ahead and talk about mine for a little bit. So I did not take the pirate theme. I, I went with straight horror and I was trying to figure out what would be a good concept. And I was thinking to myself, well, what horror am I excited for right now? And of course, that is Saw X hitting theaters September 29th, 2023. So I wanted to see if I could recreate the magic of a Saw movie in the fantastical world of Pathfinder. So I've got some thoughts about Saw X, but that's for another time. Maybe I'll talk about that at the after party. But anyway, so as I was kind of like ideating about this, I was trying to think of what would be the best thing to adapt. Like, how do you do this? And I think the way to do it is to take one of the movies and just try to transpose it into Pathfinder. So I was trying to recreate Saw 2 in Pathfinder 2E, the Empire Strikes Back of the Saw franchise, where they captured lightning in a bottle with the first one and really improved in the sequel. So some of the challenges that I had, I needed to replace all of the traps in there with like a corresponding Pathfinder trapper hazard. The movie takes place basically in one location, the nerve gas house. So I figure easy one-to-one, you can take the malevolence map and basically just use that. 
and I needed to figure out a premise. My premise is pretty damn loose. This could be something either like Zan Kuthan related or Nadal related. I'm also reading Bloodbound, the Pathfinder Tales book by F. Wesley Schneider, I think. It's the Ustalov vampire one. And I thought, because at some point they go and interact with the like Phrasma penitent people the folks that like cause pain unto themselves, but still worship for asthma and have like a deathless crusade against the undead. I thought maybe, hey, this could be an opportunity to like roll up some undead characters that are captured by these guys and put into one location just to basically execute them. Could be cool. I don't know. My premise is very thimsy. I, I like the idea of a cult of Xiphus. Xiphus. A god of accidental death. Fuck, like, that's good. Like a cult of I them like just that. getting people and they're like, we're putting them here. Mm-hmm. What happens to them? You know? Yeah. Accidents happen. They could trigger one of the traps in there mm-hmm. accidentally. And, it, you know, it's like, it's good for my God if that happens. I, you know, yes. but I didn't kill them. But I didn't kill them. So here's kind of how I approached this. I didn't fully flesh this out. I didn't like level balance anything or create all the encounters or whatever. I'm not even sure if you would like try and recreate this with a full party or just like one person to get through traps. But I'll start at the beginning of the movie, which begins with the death mask or the Venus fly trap mask, basically a, a big old mask with spikes on it that closes up on someone's head if they don't dig a key out from behind their eye. I thought the best analog to that is the item level 20 instant evisceration snare. When a creature enters the snare square, the snare releases an unbelievable arsenal of blades dealing 24d8 piercing damage with a DC 45 basic reflex save. So that is just something that I thought was a good allegory, a one-to-one, because we're going to get into the nerve gas house, and this is all like the traps of the core of the movie. Notably, I pulled these all from sawfilms.fandom.com, and they did list the electrified staircase, but we are skipping that because that is not part of the game. All right, so the nerve gas house. All of the people in Saw 2 are in this house that is filled with this nerve gas and they have to go through these traps. At the end of each trap is an antidote or a single antidote for one person for the gas that they're all breathing in. The gas that they're breathing in is a variant on the same gas that was used in the Japan uh, subway sarin gas attacks. So they're basically all slowly bleeding out of all of their orifices as this gas is like basically dissolving them from the inside. So I thought maybe you rework the scarlet mist poison in some way, shape or form from treasure vaults because that makes people bleed, get a little bleed going on. Obviously you can't do that for like three hours, but I'm not a game developer. I just thought you could take something like that and figure out a way for that to become that gas that makes everybody bleed for the entire movie. Now, we have a whole bunch of different traps here. I'll skip the antidote safe room, I think, because this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in the premise. But the next trap is the Magnum Eye Hole, which basically is a character looks through a peephole in a door and they turn a key that they're told not to turn. And going through that peephole is a gun that just blows their brains out. So I thought instead of having a gun on the other side, because this would be very easy to recreate in Pathfinder in a boring way, I grabbed the memory hole trap. So anybody looking through this hole 
So this could be a peephole in a door has their memories sucked from their head, meaning that if on a failure, they're stupefied for two hours and, and worse on a crit failure. So basically, if you fail at the magnum eye hole slash memory hole, you are basically penalized for the rest of these traps here. Next up, the furnace trap, where a character has to crawl through a furnace to get a antidote. I replaced this with the lava flume tubes, hazard 10. Four gated channels carved into stone allow lava to flow into a 15-foot tall room. The floor can withdraw to allow the hardened lava to fall into a chamber below. All right, so basically you can solve this trap by blocking all of the channels or releasing the floor into the room below. This does simulate a swift burning alive like crawling through a furnace that can be turned off if you make it all the way to the end like in the movie so i thought that was a good one to one we have the needle pit a pit full of used syringes easy one to one with a camouflage spike pit hazard eight it's a spike pit replacing a needle pit done i just add disease to it there you go Absolutely. By the way, fun fact, the character that was thrown into that pit in the movie, Amanda, played by Shawnee Smith coming back for Saw X, was pregnant at the time. She did the entire movie pregnant. Then the razor box. So this is a big glass box with the antidote inside of it. And there are two holes at the bottom of the box. You're supposed to push your hands up through the box, but when you do, razors are pointed up so you can't pull your hands back out without stripping all the flesh off them. I found the perfect allegory for this, the snagging hook snare, item 10. The snare snags a creature with its wicked metal hooks. The first creature to enter the square takes 5d8 piercing damage and 5d8 slashing damage with a reflex save on a crit failure like if you were to put your hands in the razor box. The hooks piercing its flesh make the creature immobilized until it successfully escapes. And that's pretty much it. I think you could take these and reskin Saw 2 to be in Pathfinder. You would, like I said, have to shore up the premise and then how you actually want to balance this. And if you wanted to add in encounters, so this would actually be like a four or five person party or just have one of your friends run through it by themselves and see if they can survive all of these traps. That doesn't sound like too much fun. Probably a game I wouldn't want to play, but some people like that kind of stuff. So I mean, we again, because it was all just like Pathfinder traps, like we did the same thing in the evil interlude when we did the Oh, like the Home Alone house. Yeah, I guess. so. I mean, it's just all traps, but like I think you got to go into that premise like, hey, nobody's a rogue. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you, you got to, it's zero fun if like everything is going to be triggered, mm-hmm. right? So, or everything is not going to be triggered, right? Yeah. Because you want to see this stuff happen and then described yeah. in gory detail because we're doing a Saw movie, of course. I think what you do here, though, is like you have to award like clever solutions because that's like the whole premise of Saw. Yes. And there's so, a like, lesson with each one that yeah, you're supposed to yeah. work through. So you'd have to kind of like make sure that if you're not going to let them like disable device on the trap, that you have the ability to like figure out what the, you know, what the trap is trying to get you to do essentially. Yes. And so you can succeed because like a lot of them, right. It's like, it's just damage. Right. If this was too e, I guess you're in a ticking clock because of the nerve poison mm-hmm. that's like making you bleed, so you couldn't really take a rest to recover. Yeah, that's the that is the ticking clock of it. So, yeah, <laughs> I think that's pretty much it for me on that. Unless you had any further comments, but that probably does it for our latest installment of It's Always Spooky and Galarian. Think we're good? Yeah. 
All right, Haley. Well, I think it's time for questions. Do we have any in the chat here? I have one. Yes. That just came in. I also have one that was related to the sauce stuff. Let's start with that one. (laughs) Newt asked, what's the purpose of skinning your hands? Great question. I'm glad that you asked. So the thing about the razor box is that it's encountered really late in the gas house in the movie. And each one of the traps in the house corresponds with one of the characters in the movie. Each one has like they're supposed to do like there's a a shitty drug dealer guy and he's the one that's supposed to go digging around in the pit of needles, etc. So like they're all themed. The razor box was themed for one of the ladies in the movie. I can't remember her name at this point, but they all come with a cassette tape that you're supposed to listen to ahead of time. And it was late enough in the movie where she was getting frustrated and she just threw the cassette tape against the wall and shoved her hands in the razor box. So she probably could have listened to that tape that we don't know what's on there and gotten some sort of clue or instruction as to how to effectively work her way through the razor box. I think it could be as simple as push the razors up and out because they like fall back in on themselves and then put your hands up or something. She just jammed her arms up in there and it's pretty gnarly. So... Yeah, I actually had an answer for that one. <laughs> How many of them make it to the end in that one? Was it just the one girl? Yeah, it, it was her. She was the only one from the from the gas house. Mm-hmm. No, no, because there's the kid in the gas house. The kid makes it too. It's her and the kid make it. So I couldn't remember if it was just her, or her and someone else. Yeah. All right. What else do we got? We have Eric has asked a question. What's the best pirate movie? Shit. I mean, there's a ton, but like, it is really hard to beat like the original Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Even like the first three of them are pretty quintessential pirate movies. I think for even as bloated as three is, it's still an awesome pirate movie. Yeah. Like, I remember like getting to the end of that movie and being like, I have no fucking clue what's happening in this, but it is just fun to watch these ships broadside each other. I mean, there's a reason like Disney was like, oh, let's make movies about all our rides now after mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean was so successful. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's one of their better adaptations. I think that those movies are like such the pinnacle of pirate movies that it's actually hard to think of another one. Like what else comes to mind? I mean, there's definitely stuff. There's definitely, um, like you consider any version of Treasure Island as a pirate movie. Sure. Muppets Treasure Island's actually also a great pirate movie. Captain <laughs> Phillips? That's a pirate movie. Uh, well, yeah, it's a, yeah, <laughs> different pirates. I see uh, Goonies on here. Okay, you could you could definitely consider Go- I mean, like, Goonies is about finding a pirate's treasure. So yeah. I love that Waterworld's on the list. Waterworld's on the list. I got to see Waterworld. You've yeah. never seen Waterworld? I have not. Oh, no. Waterworld's How? Great. I haven't. <laughs> There is a VeggieTales Pirates movie. Yeah, it's horrifying. Hook. Yeah. I mean, Scooby-Doo Pirates Ahoy. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, Ooh. there's been a couple Scooby, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Some people say, like, Master and Commander fits the theme. I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't remember being a pirate. It's not pirates. Person. Okay. But it, like, it kind of like. It's, it, yeah, it's like ships of that era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nautical movie of the yeah. era. Yeah, Newt says Treasure Planet. Again, Treasure Planet's literally just a ripoff mm-hmm. of Treasure Island, just like all the other ones. So, yeah. By the way, I Google searched pirate movies. What to watch? Top picks for you. The number one, 2006's Bikini, Bikini Pirates. Pirates on TV. <laughs> Perfect. That must be the quintessential <laughs> one if it's the first one. I think we're watching that tonight. 
All right, do we have any other questions here? Yeah, so we have a question from Jason. Who's better animated player, Captain Hooker or Hondo? Uh, ah, I don't Hondo Anaka. Anaka. Monkey D. Luffy. Mm. I don't think Captain Hook is actually like a very good animated pirate. Yes. Because he like sits in a bay the entire time and like, you know, isn't really ever seen doing pirate things. And he's haunted by a ticking crocodile. Right. Who, uh, they just go out to go out in the water. Right. His activities aren't like really water based. He's yeah. like, he's like, uh, you know, mortal enemies with a group of bo- young boys. Yes. And so I think the answer here is Honda Wanaka because he swindles just about everybody in the Star Wars universe. So I'm going to say Hondo on this one. And then Rez has asked a question, and I believe she's trying to direct that at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, since we've established earlier today that I am just a producer and not a, a cast member, you okay. do have to answer That's this. That's fine, yeah. Haley, why are you so cool? You're not. You married me. Mm, yeah, big mistake. <laughs> Your stock went way down. I would say <laughs> predominantly... Um, you got a really cool birthday. I think that's the first thing I think of when uh, I think yeah. of you and coolness. Because you share it. Yeah, I think that's uh, yeah, that's pretty much right. Cool date. All right. Yeah. Neat. All right. And then Eric has asked, what's the top three and bottom three Saw movies? Are there that oh, many great Saw answers. movies? Yeah. About to be 10. I got this. So yeah, there's about to be 10. All right. So hoof. All right. So it's difficult for me to do a top three. One and two have to be in there. I might, I'm tempted to just go one, two, three are the best, but I think I'm going to kick it to one, two and spiral. I was just about to say, I think he's going to do spiral. Yeah, because I think as deep into the franchise as it was, spiral is number nine, but it like lives in the universe, but is just a good noir movie that does some new stuff that the franchise really needed. And which is why I'm so upset about 10, because... 10 is just going back to the old formula with these old actors like Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith are coming back. It's supposed to take place in between Saw 1 and 2, but they're like 20 years older than when they were. So, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know what they're doing. I'm still going to go see it and I'll probably like it. But I think I'm going to go 1, 2 and Spiral for my top. For the bottom, it is going to be Jigsaw, Saw 3D, a.k.a. Saw 7, a.k.a. Saw the Final Chapter. <laughs> Which no, it did not end up no, being the nope. final chapter. Oof, and that's tough. Good boy, I think I'm gonna upset some people by saying. I don't think you, I think you're four. the only one that's watched past three. That might be true. I think four is down there because generally people say five and six are bad, and I understand why people say five and six are bad, but I really like five and six. So I think four is just down there for it being really fucking confusing for pretty much no reason. Is that the one where the like traps couldn't be couldn't be beat? Yeah. That was three. Oh, was that three? Yeah, because that was Amanda uh, making the traps too hard. And then four's the one that takes place at the same time as three. So nothing makes sense the entire fucking movie until the very end. And then they leave you on this big cliffhanger in three that basically just gets wiped away in four. I, I was frustrated by four. So, yeah, I could do another hour and a half about Saw movies. I swear to God, I could. But we don't need to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have any other questions? I do not see any additional questions. Okay. Well, I have a couple banked. So 
Y'all listening live, feel free to get it up in the chat here and post some more questions. We'll answer them right away. But in the meantime, I'm going to go with one from somebody who is actually listening in live. This comes from 10 Law Gnomes, Eric. What cooking show would you want to be on? I think you have the best chance of winning, and these could be different answers. I think there's a easy, easy answer to this. I think there's an easy answer to the second part, and that's nailed it. It's nailed it. Yeah. But I would also li- like to be on Nailed It because I really like Nicole Byer. I think she's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah, she's and hilarious. She'd be really fun to meet in person, I think. So that's what I would want to be on. Some of the, the people on that are just like so, so terrible at yeah. actually cooking, though. Mm-hmm. Or baking, because it's usually mostly baking. Right. I definitely want to be on Pit Boss. I think oh, that's sure. The answer. It's a barbecue one, right? Yeah, me and Boatwright. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and grubby. I know him. I yeah. Know, yeah. But right and grubby. Oh, absolutely. Good times. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You know, I actually I actually used to watch the original Iron Chef, my parents, like way, way, way back when I was a kid, when it was like dubbed over in English or whatever. That was a lot of fun. I never watched Iron Chef America, but like the original one I really, really liked with uh, Mashahari Morimoto, Hiroyuki Sakai and Chen Kamichi. I think I got the names close, um, but those were the three Iron Chefs. That was dope. I really enjoyed that. All right. Let's see. This one is this one's going to be a little bit of a call to action. I don't know if you have anything offhand, Griff, and if not, yeah, that's totally fine. I think we can just kind of kick this to the world here, and maybe we don't get an answer today, but we should get it soon. The Necronomicon Librarian asks, when you start Oops All Pirates the AP, what happens to us? Are we still the carrying crowd? Do we become me hardies or scallywags? <laughs> I think this is a good point. I think we it, it might be time for a, a rebranding of the crowd. Maybe, maybe not. What do you think? Hmm. I guess. I would say that if anybody has like a banger idea. We don't have like a to... name for people that just came to listen to Bissau Curse. Yeah. I don't really know. Oh, I, don't well, really, we, I, mean, I don't really know that we need We just call them the casuals. Casuals. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that we really need like a... I feel like it's a little pretentious to be like, oh, we need to name our fan base because it's so huge. (laughs) I mean, think of how often we use the carrying crowd. Not very often. No, not very often. And and honestly, uh, the the worst thing about that is just when I'm talking about carrying crown on my phone, it just auto corrects to crowd. And that just makes me mad. Yeah. Ellie just said she did not know that the carrying crowd existed. Yeah, it's because we don't really use it very often. (laughs) Yeah. I think they should be the NTFO. Okay. The nerds that fuck off. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second. I think we'll have to take that one to the committee. We'll have to vote on that. I don't take know. Take to the committee? Yeah. I am the committee. Well, well, we'll see about that. He also asked which one of the new pirate PCs will get scurvy first, and why is it Chris? Because he doesn't need his citrus. I was also going to say the same, but I guess more to the point, is scurvy going to be a real hazard that we come up against in the new AP? Wow. You, you, you think they didn't in first edition introduce scurvy mechanics with this AP? I don't know. I There's right. kingdom mechanics for Kingmaker. Why uh, wouldn't there be scurvy mechanics for... <laughs> of course. All right. Well, I guess then it's possible for our characters to get it. We'll, we'll see if the, the players themselves get it. We'll see. The question was for PCs. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to keep going on my other questions here. This is an ancient question. 
old one. It comes from Jason, who actually is listening along. Hey, Jason. I'd like to know what types of characters people would want to play, but haven't yet, and why. So when I read this, I kind of immediately thought, well, let's maybe just talk about classes. I don't know that I really want to talk about like character concepts because all of the character concepts that are sitting in the back of my head are things that might actually happen on one of our shows one day. So I'm not going to go into too much depth about that. And I think that could be similar for you, Griff. If it's not, by all means, you can talk about a specific character that you've been thinking of that that won't see the light of day. Um, but for me, the class that I'd really like to play, and I, I'm going to limit this to Tui, that I'm not planning on playing, and uh, so I'll, I'll say that as well. I'd like to play a Tui Barbarian. I played one as Saw in the Evil Interlude for our for a Karen Crown campaign, basically under the premise that. I don't have any interest in this class and this is going to be a temporary thing. So this will be my opportunity to see how this plays and see if I, if I end up liking it. And I absolutely fell in love with playing a barbarian. I thought it was so much fun. Um, I really like what Diego's been doing on bestow curse. I think one day I would like to play a barbarian. I think it would be a lot of fun in two We'll see how that goes. But is there a, a particular class or type of character that you want to play one day, Griff? I think, you know, as a mainly the GM, I don't really get to play a ton of support. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it happens in like certain encounters, but like you're not fighting like a bard by themselves. Like yes. that's like a couple levels higher than you or anything. So like if there's, you know, two e monster mechanics aren't such that you really get to dig into the classes like you did in first edition. So you're basically like playing a high level offensive caster or a high level, you know, melee beat stick. Not very often are you playing a support role when you're the antagonist. And I'm not really playing a support role in Speak With Plants at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I have the highest to hit, even if I don't hit (laughs) as uh, as much as Tim does as a gunslinger and I do get to do some debuffs but I think like buffing the party would be fun so maybe something like a bard or even like going the other direction like once the new changes to witch come out I think that might be really fun to play oh sure and I don't I tend to like back off of casters when I'm playing characters just because I'm so tired of like handling shit like a Divian's like spell list and stuff that I just like I'm sick of it and I just want to play like a, a character that shoots a gun. I guess that's true. Yeah, you have in Speak with Plants, you're a gunslinger. In Rain of Winter, you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. Just like just like classes yeah. that are like, this is my thing and this is all I have to worry about. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I actually, I really enjoyed Magus. I, I, oh, sure. I'm really, you know, I'm kind of shocked none of us went for that in Speak with Plants. It, it's like a super fun class. Mm-hmm. I think what I will end up playing you know, my backup for uh, Speak With Plants is a champion. I think I'll end up playing a champion first, mm-hmm. uh, but I would like to play some kind of caster that's more utility or support. I'm dying to play a kineticist. Yeah. I, I, like, and I think you can you can play that that way. Like a wood kineticist is also is, is like tied for backup that I'm actually going to bring in if uh, Jack dies. Mm-hmm. So... Even though those two are my like definite backup options, I think Bard would be really fun. Um, so yeah, that's my answer. Nice, very cool, very cool. Do you want to ask the one underneath that? I think that's uh, also- <laughs> okay. 
So Jason actually followed this up with a second question here. What accent do you wish you could use for a character but can't? Um, go ahead and start this one, Grant. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I could do a lot of accents pretty well, so mm-hmm. it basically runs into the territory of, like, I think really it's, like, I'd, I'd really like to maybe more for the authenticity of, like, what I feel like the shackles is, be able mm-hmm. to do some, like, islandish accents that you oh, can't really sure, they, yeah. you know you can't as a white guy really do yeah it just sounds like a parody of like <laughs> right a exactly accent. exactly it's mm-hmm. like it's a shame because i feel like that would kind of be a little bit more immersive in my mind of what the what the setting is like because it, mm-hmm. it just as an allegory for like the caribbean and the in the world but yeah it doesn't doesn't really make sense for me to like try and do a jamaican accent or something <laughs> Steve, before you reply, yep, I would like you to know that you've been threatened. With what? Steve, if you say anything about Stoner, I'll send you a glitter bomb in the mail. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll play a Stoner, man. But I can't, you can't do it. can't do it, unfortunately. Yeah, that's my answer. Uh, stoner. But then my other real answer is... Um, if it sounds like something that I shouldn't be doing, then I then I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, right. I, I think like there are certainly some accents that are like very nuanced and have like a very like pretty cadence that I just you can't do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just can't do them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a shame because I mean it's not a shame. I totally get why you can't do them uh, and and like wouldn't want to offend anybody. But just the way of speaking, some different like some different accents produce is like a really interesting like headspace to like get into a character some accents are like very different in like how you would produce sentences and that kind of thing yeah yeah um like i kind of think in an accent that i can do mm-hmm. like scottish is kind of that way where like they have a lot of words for other words and like kind of have like a i see not, i see what you're saying not here, quite sure. like a you know they, they have kind of a, a way that their pitch goes mm-hmm. that's different than an American English accent. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of accents have that quality. Just many of them, you know, you can't really do on a yeah. podcast as a white guy. This is, this you is guys uh, did get a question here. Oh, sure. What's up? Ellie asked, as a GM, is there any epic monster you'd like to use against your players? Well, I haven't really thought about this because I have no interest in doing that. Question's not to you. It's. It doesn't say who's it. <laughs> we know. But yeah, <laughs> this is my way of backing myself out of having to answer this question, Haley. Just let me do it gracefully. Jeez. Let me do it gracefully. <laughs> All right, go uh, ahead, Griff. Uh, let's see. Off the top of my head, I really enjoy dragon encounters, and you, I feel like you don't see them very frequently in you know until the end of an AP. Sometimes you have like a young dragon or whatever that hits the party in book three. But I really enjoy like the dragon, like you guys fought at the end of Carrying Crown, that like also has like a huge spell repertoire. And mm-hmm. some of the like more unique ones, like I really like that nightmare dragon in the episode 200. Oh, fight. yeah. Like so dope. So I think I'm actually really, really excited to after the remaster comes out and they kind of have changed up dragons specifically, see which ones are the most compelling to, to form an encounter around. Now, you know, they already have stuff like the Imperial Dragon and that kind of thing. It's already out there, but mm-hmm. I know they've kind of teased 
some of the like like the infernal dragon stuff and that kind of thing that I think will be really cool. Hell yeah! All right, uh, do we think we got anything else, or are we? Uh, I don't think so. Towards one. after party. All right. Well. Oh, I can uh, I can actually answer one of these. Oh yeah, um, which one? Are you, which one are you looking at here? This one from your tomb bay. Okay, got it. Your tomb bay asks question for Griff. Have you looked at any of the classes plus options on Pathfinder Infinite for 2E? They have been awesome and well balanced additions to my games. So I can actually answer this for Skull and Shackles. We now uh, I really like the the group that puts together the the classes plus the the plus content. However, I feel like a lot of people come to shows like ours to kind of learn the game, mm-hmm. and I'm a little hesitant to throw out like a whole bevy of different class options that they won't see in the base game as third party. So what I have allowed in Golan Shackles for anyone to choose from is all of the content from Firebrands Plus and Impossible Lands Plus. So there won't be class plus content in the sense that like the class plus like Blood Rager won't be available, but like For instance, not to spoil who or what, but like somebody has already taken for the free archetype, one of the class plus archetypes from from one of those books and someone's taken one of the backgrounds and that kind of thing. So I took something from it. Nice. So um, I think, you know, Firebrands is is a no brainer and the stuff from Impossible Lands, I think just like fit fine, like fit the setting fine. So I was fine with adding that in as well. I think they do a lot of really good stuff. And if you enjoy their, I I know Chris on our show has been reading through the class stuff specifically for like the witch and the cleric and the barbarian and really enjoyed it. And I would definitely allow it in a home game. It's just one of those things where I think it doesn't make sense to allow like homebrew class feats in a show where we're probably going to, you know, get some people new to 2E or whatever that want to listen. And I don't want to be giving them like expectations that don't exist. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that probably does it for our episode before we head into the Drunk and Discord Elite channel on our Discord for the little after party here. I do have a little bit of housekeeping. We did tease this up front, but just a reminder here that the HLP will be at the 2023 Kennett Square Brewfest taking place October 7th in Pennsylvania. I believe we're going to have the three of us in the studio right now, as well as Chris and maybe a couple friends of the pod. We shall see. But yeah, if you are interested, I think tickets are still available. So come on out. We'll hang out. We'll drink some beers. It'll be a good time. There's always a, a party at one of the local places afterwards, too. So going to be an all day event. It always is. And it's always a ton of fun. So if you're in the area or want to come hang out, we'll see you there. And let us definitely let us know, though, so that we're, you know, we can actually meet up. Uh, hit us up in the discord. Let us know and we'll we'll hang out. The other bit of wrap-up and housekeeping, just keep your ears and eyes peeled for Skull and Shackles updates. They are coming. I think this this show is going to be a, a good on-ramp, just like some of any of our other releases, where we'll start having folks on here that are on the cast talking about their builds and their characters and getting teasers out there. So it could be happening soon. We shall see. But just stay posted because it's coming and we're all excited. But in the meantime, before we hit this after party, 
Which, uh, there might be a surprise at the after party. We'll see. I've got a little something planned. We'll see if it actually happens. Uh-oh. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> but we got to get a final jab out there. If we have one. I don't know if any have come in. We have one. Okay. Well, Haley, by all means, let's see what these people have uh, made fun of us for today. Yeah, made fun of you. Yeah, I know. Um, final jab from Corey. Shocking there. One out of four is a better chance of having a win than normal for you, Steve. Good job. Hmm. I'll tell you what, Corey, the Titanfall 2 servers came back online recently and I logged back in this morning and played around and I still got it. So I got a win. But let's just have this fucking episode. Wow. That was, yeah, that was probably the best way you could have come back from that. Yeah. So we're going to head over to that Discorderly channel. Griff, what do you want to say to the people at home? Fuck off, nerds. We'll see you in two weeks. Later. <laughs>